Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and verse 16 through 18, we're talking about when you fast. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy feet for face that thou appear not to men the fast, but unto thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. In his teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught us three important disciplines. The first one being giving. He said, when you give, give not to be seen of men. But when we talk about giving, we're talking about transferring, transferring something that we have to someone else. I'd like to give you what I have. What a way to live. Since people are really basically self-centered and selfish, which was due to the fall of man. I mean, that's how the flesh usually is. He knew to get to our hearts and to prove to him he has our hearts, be a giver. Give things away. Praise God. But then he also said when you pray. Praying is basically talking with God, communicating with him. Could be praising him, worshiping him, petitioning him. But it's just communication, interacting with God. To join forces together with him to carry out his purposes here upon the earth. That's prayer. Praying. But then the third discipline he taught is the one we love the most. Fasting. Right? No? Fasting? And fasting really is denying ourselves, abstaining from some physical things to gain spiritual things. Biblical fasting in reality is denying ourselves food. Not these other things, primarily and mainly food. So that we can gain spiritual strength. So we want to have a stronger anointing a greater manifestation of the presence of God in our lives. We deny ourselves physically to gain something spiritually, the higher life. Some of the reasons for fasting, and these are just a few reasons that we listed here for you, is to practice self-discipline. Practicing self-discipline. That we humble ourselves before God. And if we will humble ourselves in this area, I believe it will improve our willpower to stand against other things that come against us that the flesh wants to give into and be victimized by. But if we practice self-discipline through fasting, then what happens is the man on the inside will rise in ascendancy and the man on the outside will not have complete control and authority over our lives. That's the warfare that takes place between spirit and flesh. The flesh wars against the spirit, the spirit wars against the flesh. 
And as I said on Sunday, it's the difference between buffeting our body and buffeting our body. Buffeting sounds a whole lot better, doesn't it? Buffeting is not, you know, as uh, enticing or exciting to do. Secondly, we can experience intimacy with God. So we fast so that we can experience more intimacy with God. We set aside certain things that can distract us and hinder us. Of course, primarily we can say food, but also there's, if there's other things that really take much of our time, we can set those things aside and just say, I'm going to spend this time with you, Lord, because I want to experience greater intimacy with you. You know, it doesn't happen. I looked in my one closet. I've got all kinds of books. Man, I've got books upon books upon books upon books upon books. You might have the same thing in your own closet. How many books does it take for us to have more intimacy with God? In other words, we can read them and 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 have all this head knowledge and we can be a book this big in our heads. But intimacy with God comes by sitting in his presence, loving on him. Yes, learning the word, but then letting the Holy Spirit make it a reality to us. A lot I can say about that, but I don't want to go that way. Number three, to ignite spiritual initiative. Sometimes we can lose our spiritual initiative. We can get so caught up in this life that we live, especially at this time of year. We get so involved in so many different things that we can allow spiritual things to slip. And if you know what I mean by losing your spiritual initiative, that initiative to get into the Word of God, study the Word of God, to confess the Word of God, to pray, and also to fast, etc. Well, we can lose that spiritual initiative along the way somewhere. And what's needed to do is to spend that time just away from other things that distract us and just stay in His presence. And just say, Lord, I'm just going to fast and pray and wait on you. It doesn't take forever. It doesn't take like some think you got. I read one article just today. He said, everybody should go on a 40 day fast. I say not. Why 40 day fast? A 40 day fast is is a spiritual fast. It's a supernatural fast that was basically ordained of God. And if you don't have that, you could do it if you want to. But if God didn't call you to do it, it doesn't going to make you any more spiritual than anybody else. I, I know many that were very spiritual individuals said, I never fasted more than three days at a time. And they were very spiritual. It's just a matter of consistency. Just taking the time to be alone with God, to draw from his presence, to flood our souls with his glory. And let him just consume us until that power of his just oozes out of us. His love oozes out of us. So if we just take a little bit of time and just say, I'm just going to, once again, get recharged spiritually. It's like charging your phone, charging your battery, just to get recharged. But then the the one I really want to stress is the next one. It's prepare for a new season, which is why we do this every year. Look in the book of Ezra, chapter 8, 21 through 23, that I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God, to seek of him a right way for us. 
and for all our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. So here's the situation. They were in Babylon for a long time. They finally got the permission of the king to leave and go back to Jerusalem. Well, they were excited about that. And God was in it. They were going to go back. They were going to rebuild the temple. But the journey was a long trip. Some believe it was anywhere from 900 to 1600 miles. So if you can imagine a caravan going 1600 miles with their children and with all their possessions, how long that trip would take. Some believe it was a four month trip. Can you imagine that? We're just leaving and we're going out there and for four months we're just going to be on the road. Not on a bus or any of the luxuries we have today, but just a caravan trekking from Babylon all the way to Jerusalem. And they were carrying with them over $4 million worth of silver and gold. There were some that didn't want to take the trip and they stayed in Babylon because they had a pretty good lifestyle there in Babylon. But the majority of the people left and they were, those that stayed behind were instructed to give of their silver, to give of their gold for the rebuilding of the temple. Now, Ezra knew that along the way, the way, the road, there's going to be all kinds of thieves and bandits and criminals that were out there that were going to rob them. Now, he was embarrassed to ask for soldiers to go and protect and keep them safe. And usually there was an escort if you had that kind of a trip with that kind of money, you know, in your possession. But he bragged so much on the Lord that the Lord would fight for him and defend him. He says, I can't do that. And we know the Lord is in this thing. But you know what we're going to do? As we embark upon this new season, we're going to start by fasting, denying ourselves, and praying. And seeking God's favor along the way. And so that's what they did. And many believe it was a three-day fast. That they just fasted for three days. Waited on the Lord. And notice what they were looking for. Guidance and protection. To guide us along the way. To show us which way we should go. Could be to avert danger. And also to protect us along the way. And that's exactly what they prayed for. And that's exactly what they got. And they successfully made the trip from Babylon to Jerusalem without any problems whatsoever because God divinely protected them along the way. Now, as we navigate embarking upon a brand new year, what can be better than to begin the new year as we are the same way? There are many enemies out there that we face in the world every year. And they come to steal, kill, and destroy just like they would have these individuals here. But we want God's direction. We want God's guidance. We want God's protection. And when we fast and wait upon him, it's nothing more than saying, you know what, Lord? We need you more than anything or anyone else. That's what we need.
As an individual, we need you. I need you. As a family, we need you. As a church, we need you. Your presence, your protection, your guidance, your direction. We need you. As a nation, and that's why we're to pray for our nation. We need God's hand on this nation. That's what we need. That's what's needed more than anything else. And so as we humble ourselves and pray and fast and seek his face and let him know that, then he knows we mean business with him and that we're not too proud thinking that we can do it on our own. And, you know, living in America, that's an easy thing to do. We've got so many advantages by living in this country that it's easy for us to forget about the fact that if it wasn't for the hand of God, we wouldn't have anything. But thank God that we do have his mighty hand. So fasting and praying is a way to humble ourselves before God and let him know these things. And I want you to see this in Isaiah 58, beginning at verse 6. Now, the previous verses, what they say is a wrong way to fast, but there's a right way to fast, beginning at verse 6. Wrong motives, wrong attitudes, fasting for wrong reasons does not get God's attention. But if we do this, what he's saying here, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Look at those four things right there. That if we just let the Lord know, you know what, I'm, I'm just to the po- point, to the place where I don't want to see people bound by satanic forces and powers. I want to see people liberated, delivered, and set free. I want to see those that sit in darkness to have a revelation of who God really is. Those that are bound up by all kinds of influences that we know come from the kingdom of darkness, I want to liberate them. I want to deliver them. I want to set them free. There are those that are out there that will never come into the kingdom of God until someone waits upon the Lord and maybe intercedes, stands in the gap, makes up the hedge. And that's why we want to do our part. To preach and teach the word, yes, but also to fast and pray and wait on God. To set in motion some spiritual laws that will enable him to do even above all we can ask or think. And it goes on to say, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that you bring the poor that are cast out into your house. When you see the naked that you cover him. And that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. So that we give ourselves. In other words, provide for somebody else while you're denying yourself. But notice the word then. Then shall your light break forth as the morning. Your guidance, your direction, your understanding of what it is that God would have you to do. And your health. Look at health. There's health involved in fasting and praying and waiting on God. Shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The guilt factor, the condemnation factor will be cured as you know that you're waiting on God, as you experience just the infusion of God's strength, his power, his might, and his glory. Your righteousness goes before you, have a revelation of who you are in Christ, and the glory, and, hmm, glory to God, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Think about that. Hallelujah. As you are walking forward in your righteousness, God's glory got your back. Oh, hallelujah. Then shall you call and the Lord shall answer. You'll cry and he'll say, here I am. 
If you take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, talking about yourself and your efforts, if you draw out your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall your light rise in obscurity, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. That's a pretty bright day. And the Lord will guide you continually as you navigate through the year. And satisfy your soul in drought. He'll make fat your bones. And you'll be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they shall be of thee. Shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of paths to dwell in. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing your own ways, or finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then shall, your, shall thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed you with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Boy, you talk about a mouthful in these verses of Scripture that God will do for the person that just takes some time to wait on him in fasting and prayer, denying himself for what? So that God's ways, God's word, God's will, God's purposes will be fulfilled in the earth. Praise God. This is the whole concept behind it. I know it's not exciting, denying ourselves, but you know what? If you look at the outcome, it's extremely exciting. Because you see, it's what everybody's really longing for and wanting to experience and achieve in life. We want to be filled with all the fullness of God. We have that in our position in Christ. But we want that in manifestation in us and through us. Amen. So this is how we do it. We wait upon the Lord. Can we do that? Can we gather back up here one more time? Is that okay? You mind doing that? And we want to let him know. We want to begin this year. Mm, full and filled with his glory. His power. We want to be vessels of honor. Meat prepared for the master's use. Amen. We want to be the conduit that he uses to transmit his power into human lives that will liberate, deliver, set free, make whole, heal. Hallelujah. Glory to God.